Hello and welcome to the Occult Catacetics Podcast. Me, Joseph Brady, and my friend, Harry, as usual. Harry, good evening. Good evening. How you doing, Harry? Okay, good. Yeah, mate, we had a good workout there, didn't we? That was a killer workout. Yeah, so Harry, Harry, as you all know, is a member of my new program that's came out, Lucifer. Uh, came out about a couple of weeks ago, and at the moment we're just working on doing all the videos, making sure the videos are set and ready. Um, so Harry decided to come do an actual session with me, and it was our cardio session, which consisted of... 20 minutes of skipping, uh, some bag work, where else do we do some sprints, and uh, some basic abs, strengthening abs, as anyone will tell you, I'm quite big on training the abs, and they're right. That is right, yeah. <laughs> See, you know what I don't understand is why people really neglect abdominal training. I reckon it's because they feel like getting a six-pack is so invincible, like impossible, to the point, yeah. so they don't even bother. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact as well that you've got everyone wants everything now, mm. and that you can work abs for, for well for a long time. Yeah, and you may not. You, you won't see a six pack. It's probably no, abs are definitely the hardest. Uh, definitely, definitely the hardest sort of muscle group to train because yeah. there's so much diversity within that muscle group. But it's so important. Is that it is because it's like your stability, everything. That I mean, it's always been worked, always been worked, even when you're asleep. Like it's. How fucked up is this? The abs are literally working to keep you vertical yeah. in bed, you know? And, like, without the abs, you won't have, like, the strength or the power to keep yourself upright. Funny enough, you know, you, know, you do an ab workout before bed. Yeah. And you, you're constantly strengthening your core yeah. when you sleep as well. Just yeah, exactly. Thing is with the core, I think the big thing about the core is that it needs to be stressed daily. And if there's anyone listening here that's, like, struggling with core exercises, look... The thing is with core is you don't have to have all these mad exercises. On our program we do, we keep it very simple, very basic. It is literally just enough to get the abs moving and getting them, you know, feeling the burn. And the reason for why they're so simple is because I like to implement a lot of time under tension. As you've noticed today, Harry, when we were on the hanging on the bar, I've got a lot of time under tension on, yeah. on the bar there. Yeah. Um, especially when people think like, oh, well, I want to, you know, I want to you know, do the plank. You know, and like they just stick to the plank. Yeah, that's a great exercise with time and attention, but there's not enough movement in that in that exercise. Yeah. I class the plank as sort of like a ending exercise, like a finisher sort of thing. It's not static. Yeah. It's a nice static exercise, so a lot of static strength. Yeah. But if you're looking to strengthen your core, you just need some basic twist movements just to just to get it. You know, in in that sort sort of making that shape of the of the of the abdominals, you know, um, and a lot of things that people seem to forget is, I mean, I have a lot of guys come up to me, especially my dad's sort of age, and they go to me, oh Joe, you got any exercises to lose this, and they point at their belly, yeah. and I go, yeah, calorie defect. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like they they all think that like ab ab exercises is how you get rid of your belly fat, when that is not the case, you That's know. Usual. You could do a lot of ab exercises, but if you you're not in calorie defect. Mm. It's not going to work. Exactly. You see, like, you, you may be getting a strong core underneath your fucking fat, yeah. but if you don't get rid of the fat, you're not actually going to see what the abs are. Yeah, or, that's the thing, because everyone has abdominals. Everyone has there's, abdominals. There's, there's a layer of fat over it that essentially protects it. Exactly, and there's a difference between having a core and having abs. You know, mm. if you have abs, you can see them. If you have a core... You've got a fucking core, like yeah. you've got a strong, like you've got you've got a center, you know. And I love that idea of having a center of of your strength, you know. Yeah. Like most calisthenic exercises, pretty much ninety nine percent of the calisthenic exercises that we do here at Cock Calisthenics, it involves core strength. 
Bruce Lee is another one. He implemented strength in all of his workouts, and he said to, he said to interviewers, if he didn't train his core, he wouldn't be as half as strong as he is. You know, even with his static holds, like you know, that dude used to fucking bench press twice his size yeah. and curl straight armed. You know, he used to cur- curl fucking straight arm, straight arm out, static straight arm holds. And he said the reason why he's so strong is because of his core training. Yeah, well, you know? everything you do, everything implements core. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the skipping, how did you get on with the skipping? It's, it's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I wasn't the skipping a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. As we just saw. Yeah. But, um, but no, that's, again, that's another good explosive workout to do. Exactly, yeah. You know, See, you burn a lot of calories in a short space of time. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, 600, 700 calories, like something yeah, like that. It's, it's fucking, half an hour workout. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, definitely. Minutes, but again, it works everything. So and as I said, like, you know, jump rope is the exercise where, as we like to call the lazy man's training, you don't actually have to go anywhere. Yeah. You know I mean? You can, you can burn, like, 700 calories on the spot. Yeah. You know, you don't have to move a long distance, you know? different techniques you can use. Yeah, exactly. It's fun, I think. Like, you, you do it, yeah. and, you, you know, you get faster and faster, and you, you know, at the start you think, this is shit, like, I can't do this or whatever. Yeah. And then you get to, like three weeks into doing it consistently yeah. and then you find that actually fucking hell I'm actually pretty good at this and then it, it gives me as much of a pump as running or like lifting weights or doing calisthenics does you know? as, as you say about the you know the whole boring aspect of it I wasn't skipping a few weeks ago now as I say we've just done a, mm. a nice skipping workout so, yeah. Uh, yeah I think a lot of people another point here is why they th- why, when they say training is boring is because they go to train and they don't put the effort in so like they go do an exercise but they just do the exercise like there's a difference between doing something and doing it like doing it to your full potential like if i showed you two videos of me doing a bench press you could tell the difference between the one that of me enjoying it and putting the effort in to just doing a bench press and i think a lot of like it's quite sad actually to see that a lot of people think that just by doing the exercise is what's going to get them to their next level. And they wonder why they don't see results. It's like, well, there's no explosive power in it. There's no engagement. There's no time under tension. There's no progressive overload. Mm. There's no none of those key factors that make training important and, and actually make up working out, you know? Like, do you remember when, Harry, when we used to work out, we used to kind of, you've probably heard this, you know, if you, if you listen to episode one and two, this is probably going to be a recurring joke, but me and Harry used to do endurance training all the time. And going to be honest as much as it was hard and difficult how many of those exercises do you reckon we did where half of them were like half-assed exercises you know because we were just young and naive and stupid and like we used to like half rep half rep but now we train to maximize our repetitions and like get full form and stuff you know and you do definitely 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 recognize the difference yeah you know luckily for everyone else yeah we've used all our flaws and etc you have Mm. and um built into one program easy enough for everyone to do exactly that is why the Lucifer program is available to you yeah. right now all of my tips and tricks that I've learned over the last couple of years all of my flaws and my, my, my challenges that I've overcome are all in this program designed for you to get you fit and strong within 12 weeks and if you can master these exercises within 12 weeks I'll be extremely happy because the program is designed to do that yeah. and depending on your effort and depending on how much you put in and how well you follow the program depends on your results. Um, yeah. Just a disclaimer. I mean, when I say results, you will find results. But 
it's your ultimate results, what you believe. If you believe that there's a goal beyond these results, then you can carry on, you know? So, like, for example, if there's a bloke that's overweight and taking my program, is he going to get a six-pack abs and lean muscle in six weeks? No. But I can guarantee his strength will improve. He'll have toned muscles. He will start to see a lot of muscle development. And his weight will drop dramatically. So he will go from an overweight guy to a healthy weight guy to consistently getting stronger. And there's nothing wrong with him doing the program again with different harder variations. No, that's, that's you know? again. That's where that's where some common sense of coming into it as well. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know, because you can't expect again. You can't get instant instant results. Mm. You know, the twelve week program may work for me. Yeah. And I'm seeing you know as as we spoke about off air. Yeah. I'm seeing results already. Yeah. But someone else may be a bit slower to see results. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing at all. Because at the end of the day, if you're a slower learner, and if you're taking your time to learn it, I believe you take it in a bit more. Yeah. And I believe that when you see someone struggling to learn something, you you kind of feel for that guy. Yeah. And and you want to help him, and you want to talk to him, and you want to like give him tips, you know. And just because you're slower at progressing than someone else doesn't mean that you're not going to progress as you know you're not going to progress you know it's just that everyone's different everyone has different sizes like for example for me you know i'm nowhere near where i want to be you know i've got a massive journey ahead you know there are there are still loads of exercises that i want to unlock you know like one arm static holds you know you know muscle ups with weight you know all those sort of things you know and to someone my version of that is being able to like my version of that is someone's version of i want to be able to do a press up yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, like, at the end of the day, we're all on the same page. Everyone started somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're just starting into something different, you know? Yeah. And there's always something you can improve. You start to get lax with it. Yeah. That's when, again, things get a bit... They, they get a bit static with workouts, and that's when it can become boring. Yeah. When you're doing the same thing every Over and over again. Session. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're not... do a, I don't know, a 10K run every session. Yeah. Finish off with weights and yeah. some press-ups and set-ups. Yeah. Every time. It's going to get boring. Yeah, but, like, you find that... It's like the repetitive, the re, like a lot of people think that training is repetitive and they think they see the results, yeah. but what's the number one thing with bodybuilders and lifting and actually gaining muscle or losing weight or anything? Progressive overload. Yeah. And progressive overload is consistent, progressive, basic movements. Like, we, like I said, like, you know, when I do lifts, when I, well, when the gym reopen, thank God, I hope the gyms reopen very soon, yeah. um, we... When I do like a bench press or when I do like my squats and stuff, I only add like five kilograms extra each week. And then that is enough to say I've progressive overload. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, because I, I benched like 40 this week or I did like 20 muscle-ups this week, I've got to do 40 next week. No. Even if you do one more muscle-up the next time you train, that is still progressive overload because you still manage to get one more rep out. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And, and you again, know? the whole ego we talk about the whole yeah. ego, ego lifting yeah sort of yeah it doesn't really get you anywhere. <laughs> in mm. fact it gets you nowhere yeah so all we can do is injure you yeah and make you know make, make you feel better actually. yeah exactly I mean what I what I worry about the most is the fact that you know these guys go into the gym and they progressively overload wrongly yeah and then they're actually set back because their muscles can't handle the weight yeah and what's actually what's happening is, is instead of you training the muscle to get bigger you've actually overtrained your muscle which i found a lot with running as much as i could run and i fuck me i can run when i used to run endless miles over and over again i was just trapped in a cycle of running 10 miles a day 
you know, and I found it extremely difficult to break that pace, break my mileage, break yeah. the speed, the power. I, it just became monotonous. But the thing is, though, I feel like it had to happen. It had to happen to for me to realise that you know this overdoing it is wrong. You know, the key word again, the key word is variation. Really. Yeah. If you if you if you have a whole variety in your workout, like the workout program's got. Yeah. That's when you can start to see results as I say if you're doing the same thing over and over doing 10 miles a day yeah. you're not going to hit personal records doing that you, no. might, you might very well do but the chance of you doing it in variation workouts yeah. is a lot quicker yeah. you see quicker results than if you're doing the same thing every day every day yeah 100% like for example like, have you heard of um, this athlete actually te- put it to the test He's, he was actually funny enough he was a black athlete back in the day okay. um, and back in the day he, um, a lot of people didn't actually want to take his take his uh his, his view because obviously of his colour of his skin mm. but there was also a white athlete that said he would do the same thing and they came together and they said the, you know because um, he actually voiced in his coaching and said we're doing the same run every time how am we going to improve our speed and then the other athlete decided to go go ahead and do it as well and then suddenly it was like a, it was like a race battle but then they were also like you know he doesn't understand this they don't understand science you know consistency is key but there was consistency but there was no change yeah you see what i'm saying yeah. so they both came together and said all right okay let's put this to the test let's let's run say you know 50 meters and the next run will run 60 meters they actually performed better on the 60 meters because they had the adrenaline pumping for their for their veins to run further you know and that's where the progression comes in and that's how progressive overload have actually been introduced in training when they realize that progressively overloading your your body you know, gives uh, gives you, you know, gives you results. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking of old athletes, uh, I heard Mike Tyson is deciding to do a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> that was from a few weeks ago. Yeah, it? I've heard he he's looking to. Have you seen his comeback video? I haven't. No. Honest, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, that dude's. Oh, he's probably hands down. One of the best boxers I've ever bloody seen. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he he he's got he's got a good fight in him. But I mean, I hope I hope he's doing charity fights. You know. Yeah, as well. There's talk of um, I forgot his name. This John Fury, Tyson Fury's dad. Yeah. Calling him out, wanting to fight him as well. well. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because if he's anything like it, well, if John Fury is like his son. Yeah. That could very well be a fight to the death. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not not literally speaking. Yeah, but. I mean, the UFC and all that's quite quiet at the moment because of this, obviously because well, of COVID well, and stuff. UFC was that? Yeah, Conor yeah. McGregor's just natural retirement, isn't he? Is he? Wow, yeah, he's Jesus. Just thirty-one. Jesus. Which again, people are saying is smoking mirrors because he'll come back. He'll come back. He came, like Floyd Mayweather, like Matthew yeah. Pacquiao, like the rest of them. They all come back. They'll come. He'll yeah, come back. But 100%. again, he may very. He could. He could retire tomorrow and wait. Well, retire. Wait. See how the rest of his time, the rest of his life, and he'll be fine financially. Exactly. Yeah. It's all whether he has the, the fire to want to go and fight yeah, again. Exactly. Really. Yeah. See, I think a lot of people take time, like especially within our within our lockdown period. I think yeah. a lot of people have took time to think what they really want. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, and, and all I the think bigger picture sort of thing. Yeah, and this this time of the, this time at the moment is sort of like a reflection yeah. on what their world could be. You yeah. know, like they've realised that this, the same monotonous stuff that could be monotonous to us couldn't could possibly not be monotonous to anyone else like probably to to someone like conor mcgregor constantly training in a gym and doing fights probably might be monotonous to him yeah and he's probably realized actually i don't like this anymore the same way we probably sometimes look at our lives and say we don't like this anymore the thing with conor mcgregor he's actually reached the top yeah he's reached the pinnacle of his profession yeah so he can he can retire 
now and, and say oh, I've reached the top. There's no, there's no way for me to go mm. other than, other than mm. down. Hundred percent. So and he obviously had the fights with Khabib that didn't work out, and then he's you know so from his point of view, he's reached the pinnacle. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. If he wants to go back and change again, and by all means, Mike Tyson reached the top of his mm. profession. But it's if he the. Ad- wants to go back and he's got the fire to want yeah. to do it again. It's the addiction, isn't it? Yeah. And that's it's like, again the workout side of it. Yeah, it's the addiction. It's like, yeah. it's like once you start seeing progression, yeah. you want to carry on yeah. and you don't want to stop. Yes, you will have your bad days. You will have days where you just cannot be bothered. Yeah. But they come and go. You know, it's. Exactly. It, I, I honestly do think, and this is going into the topics that we're going to be talking about this evening, that training and mental fortitude is is a spiritual battle it's not a mental battle it's not it's not a physical battle i'm telling you it's a spiritual battle the the fight is spirit that's where that's where i'm at like whenever whenever i feel down or whenever i see something that i can't face or like i I find difficult i think of two big gods smashing it at each other you know fighting each other over over the good versus the evil you know and and it's like who will win you know and they're like guiding me to what to either destruction or you know enlightenment you know what i mean and and it's it's i think i think a lot of people experience this once they face adversity that they 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 didn't believe that they could come back from so i suppose the main topic for this evening is we're going to probably talk about a little bit about survival and injury prevention and coming back from injury and also I suppose we should talk about an event that happened a couple of years ago that's caught of, sort of led me to this moment of wanting to build cult calisthenics and the reason for why and why it's probably took so long to do so. And that's, that's the key to all of this. You know? I think the event two years ago. Yeah, is, uh, exactly. The key to the whole, exactly. the whole cult calisthenics thing. Exactly. The, even, even the occult side of it. Yeah. Even the study, even the spiritual study that I... You know, took myself through. Anyone that knows me, anyone that listens to my podcast or likes my, or looks at my um, posts and stuff, is that I'm actually very well educated in, you know, spiritual forces and the underworld and you know, gods and I, I do a lot of got Norse mythology. I like to study a lot of you know demonology. Uh, I like to study about ancient gods, Greek gods, uh, Egyptian gods. Um, but yeah, I mean. Ultimately, at the moment, we're just trying to bring back ourselves to the reason for why I started this, yeah. you know? And I suppose that this is sort of like a, a post for people to, to understand from why this has came about. And also take inspiration from the story. Take inspiration from the story. So I suppose, where should we start, Harry? I think I should start with this story quick. Do you know a bloke called Hugh Glass? Have you ever heard of anyone called Hugh Glass? I don't. Those of you that have watched... Revenant, you can skip this bit because you probably know all this already. But Hugh Glass, right? He was a he was an explorer in the seventeen um, hundreds, and he was actually a, uh, a felt pe- a felt collector. So he used to kill animals and he used to collect pelts and felts to bring them back to mainland America and basically sell them. He was he was based in Missouri, right. and um, the story goes that he actually was you know, trying to find new land to, you know, sell these pelts and collect pelts. And um, he got ran up on re-Indians. And his whole crew were, were murdered, basically. And he had, to, he had to put up with a lot of his crew dying. 
And when he was separated from his group, he was attacked by a bear. And the bear ripped him apart. It took, it, it, honestly, like this bloke was attacked by a bear and then he was attacked by another bear, which was a cub. And then his crew found him and they left him for dead. And in the film, they kill his son, but he didn't have a son. And for, for, I think it was for over like 60 days. He lived in the wild on his own with severe injuries. And he trepsed across barren lands to go back to his fort. And um, he was betrayed by his brothers and all this sort of thing. But the story behind that is like, think of this, like, you're a, you're a guy from the 1700s with no medical equipment. And you've got traipse across freezing cold weather after just having extreme rip wounds and entry wounds and neck wounds, back wounds, and you're crawling miles and miles and miles to safety, mm. you know, trying to find your men again, you know? And the, on, the, on the assault of also being fucking captured by fucking re-Indian and more wildlife trying to kill him and the fact that you could probably die from starvation, yeah. you know? I mean, that's probably, to me, a big inspiration, probably the ultimate story of survival I've ever heard, you know? Yeah, there's um, yeah, not many would top that. Mm. But, um, mm. but no, again, yeah, that's where the whole you know spiritual strength, mental strength yeah. comes into it. Exactly. Because if you don't have enough of those things, he wouldn't survive. Exactly. That story has always been a pillar for me. I mean, he he actually did find food in the end. He did he did find shelter and he did find a place to stay. But I think in the film, and actually this is true, he actually used his gunpowder and sewed his own neck up with the gunpowder by setting his, his second his neck on fire and causing a, 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 an outer wound to cover up his inner wound. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's an, he was an absolute nutter. And um, I, think, I think something went wrong with him and his mate Fitzgerald, this guy called Fitzgerald, uh, sold him out to re-Indian or did something and he was hunting for him. And then after all that, he traced back to go find him and kill him and he joined the army so he couldn't touch him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, poor bloke. <laughs> but... Yeah, just there, uh, ultimate story of survival there. I mean, I think that instinct's kind of lost these days, you know, because the survival instinct isn't there anymore. No, as, as you say, everything's all handed to you on the plate. Exactly. You know, and as you say, it's, it's, it, is, it, is, it has disappeared, but obviously that's what this, this piece of fasting side of it, again, the programme, which we spoke about on the other podcast. Yeah. Um, that's what this all brings back. Yeah. You know, survival instinct. And We're bringing ourselves back to primal. That's it, yeah. Calisthenics training is primal. Which may not sound too interesting. No. Or may not sound too too sexy, if you will. No. But it's good. But it does work. Yeah. It, it does show results. So. We, me and Harry like to class ourselves as primal blads. You know, we don't really want to be the same as today. We kind of try to separate ourselves from society as much as possible. That's the only yeah. way you can really base. Yeah, exactly. If you blend in with everyone else, you're going to be the same as everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, took, I could have took a, like, a, 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 a society approach to the events of what happened a couple of years ago. But I decided to discover my own way, you know, and this is what has led on to this, which we shall get into now, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy times, but I mean, a couple of years ago, today, I was severely ran over uh, by a car up in Highlands from Fair. Basic story is I suffered severe injuries and, um, you know, to the liver, to my abdominals, to my, a lot of other organs. I had... I had a couple of brain bleeds as well, and I was put in a coma for a long time. And I saw some fucking strange, very strange stuff, which is probably a story for another podcast. <laughs> um, because as long as you don't know, being in a coma makes you dream, makes you makes you you know see things because of the drugs that you're put on, 
and uh, yeah, I've never really been able to uh, kind of pinpoint them. But I've made my own discovery into what some of these could be. But the generalisation, the reason why we're talking about this is because to me this is the ultimate injury. Death is near death is the ultimate injury, and how do you come back from that? I suppose. I mean, I do remember the days when I was literally just sat in the hospital bed, thinking to myself, "These legs don't work. I can't even." I can't even use the toilet on my own, you know. I, I, I find it extremely difficult to walk. I find it extremely difficult to eat. All the things that an athlete needs, mm. I, I, you know, I completely, I couldn't do. Yeah. And at the, at the time, I just remembered to myself, how do I come back from this? You know, how do I come back from this? I mean, I went from being severely skinny, losing all of my muscle, muscle before, all of my training, literally sucked away from me because loads of you don't know that when you're in a coma you actually use lose 20% of your body fat every two days so that's 10% of body fat daily because you're not consuming any calories so the ultimate calorie defect if you want to lose yeah. weight <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know it was a severely strange time and it's just I just suppose for inspiration and for the understanding of occult cut aesthetics is what what what's led to this from those two years events and sure. i suppose mostly the reason for why i decided occult calisthenics is because no matter who pushes you and i have had great support through the years from my family and from various different people including you harry thank you and a very important person to me at the moment my girlfriend chelsea um there is an element in which you need to see inside yourself and make the change be better. Because sometimes the closest people around you can actually be the worst people for you. That's it, yeah. So for example, like, you know, let's say the overweight kid that wants to lose weight and he wants to get in training, he wants to become a training beast and he wants to do it really well, you know? Um, he, he gets told, you're fine. You look fine. Why do you need the change? You know? And he's probably thinking, oh, you know, I don't need to change because everyone thinks I'm all right, but he's also still depressed within himself. You know, never, and I think never changes, never better. Himself. Never, never changes, never better himself. I mean, all the skinny bloke that's set, it's the same thing. Or the girl, yeah. or the woman. You know, it's the same story. Sometimes our family can be the worst people for us. Yeah. So the reason why I chose a cult aesthetic is because basically the whole idea is that I want you to separate yourself from everyone. And when you train, I want you to speak within yourself. I've talked about how a cult, a cult, the term a cult stands for yourself. The ability to 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 indulge in godlike behaviors on your own mm. um you know a lot of people think that occultism is you know black magic and stuff like that that is only like five percent of it ultimately it is the power of your own strength you know and i suppose this whole journey from the accident itself to now is an occult story yeah and again you had all the work you put in prior to that event workouts etc yeah even your job yeah when you went back to zero really. mm. and you had the choice of whether to let it let it take over take take over you really yeah or pull yourself back and change it change your life really i did and you, I... you chose the latter which again has changed life for the better and exactly and brought around the whole occult calisthenics yeah exactly i mean as I said, it was definitely a spiritual battle because I, I like to implement spirituality into this a lot, especially with the visions I saw in the coma and the decisions I witnessed. Um, they may have just been visions or they may have actually been events. 
I mean, the truth is, is that I actually do think that I passed away. Um, and I've told you this, uh, I believe I passed away three times. So I must have entered some sort of spiritual plane. Um, but it was what I do when I come back into my mental body. Like, how can I forget? How can I, how can I implement what I felt spiritually into the mental body? And to be honest, to me, training and, and, and seeing and feeling that power of strength is the closest thing to a spiritual awakening and feeling on this earth for me, you know? And if I can get guys that are as passionate as me, like you, Harry, into this and change their life for the better and see a, a, tr a transformation, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to put the effort in if you put the effort in, you know? That's it, yeah. And if you see inside yourself, don't worry about what I say. Yeah. Think about yourself, because I can, I can encourage you all you want. But if you don't feel in your mind that you are, that you are the one doing it, you're never going to believe in yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and you that won't see, you won't see your name go. Exactly, and that ends the case of when <sighs> near the end of the recovery, when I decided to start training again, I couldn't even walk, I couldn't swim, but I started to do these things. I literally just done it. Like there was no plan, there was no, there was no sort of like idea. I just did it. And I thought to myself, what's the most hardest things I can do to get me stronger? And a lot of people said to me, that's the wrong way to do it, man. You shouldn't be doing it like that. Mm. And trust me, it wasn't. I remember when I first went running, I did a two-mile run with, with my first run after being, in, after being in recovery. Fuck me with the lactic acid. Yeah. At the end, my, I couldn't walk. For three days, I couldn't walk. Yeah. And some people probably would say that was ridiculous. But to me, I feel like I needed to do that. Yeah. To, to say, like, I've put myself in that hurt again, yeah. you know? And it made me feel so alive. You know, that, that basic two-mile run made me feel so alive. And I suppose the way I can relate this to, if I can do this in a state of where I can't even eat or, you know, swallow food without throwing it up, yeah. the dude that doesn't believe in himself and the dude that's kind of overweight or skinny or whatever, he can go to the gym, he can work out. What's the excuse for him? That's, yeah, and you know? that, let's not forget that David also told you I might believe that you weren't going to walk again. Yeah. Or you were lucky to be able to walk again. Exactly. They said to me that the injury sustaining is that walking is going to be very limited. Yeah. Uh, and also as well, my arm. They're going to take my arm away. Yes, sir, yeah. You know, they, they, said, they said to me that, yeah, you know, Joe Brady, or you, well, said to my mother, you know, can you sign this? Because we might have to take his arm off, hmm. you know? And let me tell you this right now, if my arm was gone, I, that wouldn't stop me. No. Yeah, you know I mean that would not stop me, you know, you know, but that would have been a massive setback. Like I'm an athlete without an arm, you know. Like what am I gonna do? I can't do pull-ups. I can't do muscle-ups. But then I realised you can. Yeah. You know, I, I remember watching. I remember watching these videos because you know um, after they told me your arm would have been possibly gone, I, I due to the drugs I felt I had phantom pains in my arm not being there. Mm. So I was wondering to myself, is do I still have my arm? But is my arm functioning? Because I couldn't move it. Like, because obviously I was like slumped out. So I started watching these videos and YouTubes of like <laughs> amputeed F athletes learning how to do muscle ups and pull ups with one arm already. You know, I was trying to, I was try, I was basically preparing myself for the fact that my arm won't work. And then suddenly I realised I can actually start moving it. Mm. And um, you know, it was such a weird headspace because I was getting told all this information about like my injuries and stuff, and I was thinking to myself, fuck. First of all, how the fuck am I going to overcome this? And second of all, how the fuck am I going to improvise? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and... So do you think that having family and friends around 
at that time were actually helpful towards the recovery? Or do you think there were certain people around that maybe hindered that? Just to sort of give people an idea. Because obviously you spoke about people. Yeah. You, thought you, can have, you can have 100 people around you, but if they're all negative, yeah. it's not going to help. If you have two people around you and they're both positive, it's going to help a lot more. I had a, I, in fact, I've got to say everyone at the time, everyone at the time did a great job. As best as they could. But what I got to remember is that I was as bad as them sometimes because I I didn't allow them to, to I I'm a I'm a I'm a guy who doesn't believe in talking about your feelings. I'm a guy that does about his feelings. Yeah, so if I so if I feel like shit, I go run. Yeah. I I make action to implement these feelings. Yeah. And at the time, what people didn't realize is that I was expressing myself through action. Going running was me talking about how I was feeling. Yeah and expressing the help that I had. There was a lot of people, especially when I started going back to work again, um, that were very concerned of me getting, going to work early. Um, but I thought that was such a massive step. So there was a slight divide in uh, that opinion. But ultimately, a lot of people did show their respect and they did help me. But I just don't think they were seeing... Uh, I think there was times, like, in that situation, you know, where we argue and, like, you know, it gets very stressful out. I didn't feel like my point of view was getting um implemented as much as it could have you know like i because and that was my own fault again i i tried to i tried to express some things which i couldn't express yeah, cause you know obviously you experience things that people no. never understand exactly and in your experience you wouldn't understand yourself right? exactly so trying to put points across yeah things that you've seen or experienced yeah in that state of mind is, is yeah because i tried to explain to people from a very early on that it was a spiritual battle yeah and that it wasn't it wasn't just the medical. It wasn't just... Like, this, this is why I think it's a spiritual battle. Listen to this. I'm a bloke that has possibly got a severe heart condition, which I don't suffer from. Yeah. I didn't die. And I should have. Yeah. At the scene, I was in a hyperventive state. I was shivering and shocked and talking at the same time. Yeah. And to me, that is a spiritual clash of two gods... As I said in the post that I did today, you know, fighting for my body. You know, let me, let me put it so it's like, you know, uh, let's say Azazel, the demon of the death, yeah. the guy that takes, takes the dead away. Yeah. Or let's think of gods like Thor that, you know, bring life and strength. They both have their purpose, but whose purpose was bigger that day? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, they, and these are the sort of studies that I've tried to implement at, the, at this current time. Um, at the time, as you just mentioned, Harry, I did experience some very strange things in the comas that related to those sort of topics extremely well. Which, again, you've explained to me, but I, yeah. I can't fully comprehend it because obviously I haven't seen it or witnessed it myself. Exactly. I mean, that's, the whole, that's the whole point. Yeah. I call it the decision. That's what I call it. I, I call it the witness of the decision. All I remember is that within this within this vision or within these dreams that I was having, I remember hearing a very massive tribal drumbeat. Uh, a tribal drumbeat of... Um, it was like a warrior tribal drumbeat. So it was sort of like raising of the dead. Sort of like, you remember what I told you about the Peru, Peru raise of the dead in, uh, in the song Viking 810, the, the chant. It was, it, was, it was sort of like that. And also there was ritualistic sounds... So, you know, there was like the shaking, the humming, the, 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 the sort of wailing noises of, of basically a spiritual awakening. Yeah. 
and there was these and there was these big massive pillars with these golden statues and it was in a, the whole temple was covered in gold and the statues didn't move but they were alive and um those statues to me relate to Egypt, egyptian statues of uh, of def- of uh, defense out of the pyramids they were long big tall um beings with big wolf like creatures features and they were classed as protectors so i believe that i entered the temple essentially in this dream i don't know if this is true or, or false i'm not saying that this is the ultimate belief a uh, belief in in uh, what 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 humans experience when they face these things but this is what i experienced yeah it could have been in my imagination it could well possibly be a spiritual element mm. um but i remember coming before this being and he was mighty extremely mighty but he was tiny he was this tiny little wolf-like creature and he had this big overhead headdress and uh he 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 ran everything he he was he was a leader, and there was these little little was these other creatures like him coming to him, giving him an offering, basically you know putting stones in a in a configuration to please him, asking him questions, and they kept on throwing up hand signs and different hand movements, and they were smashing their fists together, and it was sort of like a sign language of basically what I think was happening was, can he enter your kingdom? And he was saying no, he's not ready yet, you know, and it was because because I can tell you this right now as well was the night before I got better. I had a severe case of fear and a severe case of, of a fever. And I was actually, and funny enough, I heard that the worst night was the night before I got better. And the night before the actually, the ventilator actually worked. Now, what I believe in this is that I went down and down and down and I visited some sort of plane, this astral plane, and I was spat out and I was spat back into my life. So instead of instead of reincarnating and enter another one, I was spat out into a new one, into my one again, essentially being reincarnated, but with a different point of view, same person, different mindset. So that that's 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 the story in a nutshell, you know. It's a unique one because obviously there's going to be people who listen to it and think he's talking, talking rubbish. Talking rubbish, yeah. But again, that's. It's, it's, it's a unique one because again it's brought about the whole as we say the whole cult like Calus S16 anyway and it's what you personally what you personally experience yeah exactly so from my point of view obviously no one can can rebut what you've what you've experienced exactly they can't tell me it's not true no and as I say, and, and as I, say I think if, from hearing the story again which I'm sure we'll get into in, in other podcasts yeah in more depth people won't ever fully understand unless they experience it themselves. exactly there was see after doing a study there was a lot of elements of egyptian beings egyptian gods and after studying egyptian egyptian mythology and egyptian uh, demonology and uh sort of uh, you know spiritual studies within the egyptian sort of area is it's all about rebirth and it's all about growth and it's all about reincarnation mm. um Funny enough, Chelsea, my wonderful girlfriend, <laughs> if you're listening, hello. Um, she found a a god called Heka, a Heka god. And he was the god of rebirth and strength and power. And he looked very similar to the statues I saw. And I wondered to myself, maybe there was some sort of, there was some sort of, um, I wondered to myself if there was some sort of, you know, connection between Egyptian and 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 the experience that I had. 
Um, if there is, there is. If there isn't, there isn't. And this is why we study. This is why we find ourselves. This is what we do our things. And I suppose Idris always has stood for rebirth and, and a, a promised land. Yeah. How about within this occult calisthenics of training, I can give you your promised land exactly. and help you towards your promised land. Yeah. You know? Which the key, again, people will be to set an end goal. Exactly. If you don't have an end goal in mind, you, you're lost. Exactly. But to me, what, at the end of the day, there is no end. When you reach your end goal, you move on to the next yeah, one. That's when you create another goal. Yeah, exactly. There's always something to improve on. Yeah, exactly. The best athletes out there still always improving. Exactly, 100%. I mean, like, look at you, Harry, mate. You've, you've come through adversity as well. Yeah, different types of adversity. Different types of adversity. But you still haven't always, given up. Yeah, there's always something to improve on. See, what I like about you, Harry, is you have a very similar mindset to me and you're willing to, you're willing to understand things and see things for, for what, what other people, you know, tell you and you you're 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 a very good guy at taking in information and you know if you have this sort of mindset guys if you if you if you feel you want a longing for improving yourself and if you're always constantly willing to take in new ideas honestly i can tell you this right now cult calisthenics is for you because we we undyingly want to support you yeah. you know not only do we support you physically we support you mentally because i understand in this day and age not that i am really you know mainstream with it mental health is a big thing there's a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of young lads that commit suicide yeah. and there's a lot of young lads that you know hurt themselves especially women as well there's a lot of, you know there's a lot of people in abusive relationships you know suffering from uh depression or anxiety you know take the step come to us we can help you with this we can we can you know because we've i've came from a place of extreme spiritual battle let me just tell you just think to yourself imagine my mindset during that period I'm just going to leave that with you. And then look now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is doable. It is doable to overcome. Any, any, any adversity is nothing. And excuses yeah. are weakness. Excuses yeah. is just weakness. And I'm, I'm sorry. And, and again, talking about women. Yeah. Um, the the uh, Lilith programme. Yeah. Which, I, which we'll obviously, I assume, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about next week. Yeah, exactly. Because it's but, coming out soon. Yeah. But obviously, we haven't really delved into it. Not, not enough. No. No. Obviously, and and just to touch on it briefly before the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's briefly go into it. I suppose the Lilith program I've decided. So, Harry, do you know who Lilith is? Do you, you understand who Lilith is in a way? Do yeah, you? She's the, the the female equivalent, of, almost like the, she's the the sexy being, isn't she? Yes. So basically, she is the goddess of the Goetia, yeah. which Goetia stands for the the is the Goetia the is the real word for what a cult. Uh, studiers or um, demonologists call hell so the underworld she her story is that she was a fallen she wasn't a fallen angel but she was a goddess in heaven and she was removed from heaven because she didn't like tyrannical menly power yeah. so she's a symbol for, f- for, for feminine strength and she's a seductress uh, so, uh, sorry I can't say the word really. seductress that's it and she is a she can have powers of manipulation but she's also very caring and very loving. And she is an extremely, extremely beautiful, beautiful being. No. Um, and I think to myself, you know, she's actually the pillar for female strength. So I'm gonna put on the face of this of this of this program for girls yeah. to realise that this isn't just training and losing weight. This is you changing your life. And overcoming anniversary, adversary, yeah. and and becoming 
the strong version of yourself without having to have control of any sort of man. I mean, I suppose mostly, ultimately, it's about self-love. You know, it's about loving yourself and self-love. And that is a big thing I like to teach within men and women, you know, self-love, self-liking yourself and feeling self-strong sufficiently an independent person is the way forward, you know. But again, we'll, we'll go into that next week. Exactly. Yeah, we'll go into that next week. And I suppose for this evening, this is it. I just want to say before I end this is that I thank everyone that's listening to our podcast. Um, everyone's working extremely hard. I mean, my, my girlfriend is... Chelsea, she's wonderful. She's doing absolutely amazing work with my programs, making them look good for you guys to, to follow. She's adding some graphics and some pictures in for me. Um, my man Harry here, helping me with the podcast and doing the workouts and following the uh, the, the program itself. A very supportive member. In fact, one day, hopefully, if this gets big, Harry can become an ambassador athlete. And um, just remember, guys, this is bigger than me. This is about you. And if you want any help, just contact us. Again, Lucifer program is available for £10, 12-week strength and fat-burning training. Thank you, guys.